you missed us, just uh, schedule in 9.30 p.m. Israel time on Sunday evenings, which is 2.30 p.m. if you're on East Coast in the U.S. It's 7 p.m. if you're in the U.K. So it's good to know exactly what the times are and just join us live because it's, it's the night and the time we just have that uh, time together and just you know, interact. And, and what's important for me is, what, what I love about it more than anything is is hearing your voice, hearing your communication, and seeing the body minister to each other. And that's that's what excites me, because it's not just about what I have to say. You know, we want to know what the Holy Spirit is saying through the lives of others. And we are a community of believers. Amen? And we're walking together in the Spirit. Hallelujah. So that's really our focus of what we want to do. I can't really see the chat. Um, uh, it's not coming up right. I don't know what's going on with my glasses tonight. I think I've got a... <laughs> maybe, maybe it's to do with the distance of where my computer is. But these glasses are for reading, and then I'm meant to have a little bit of long distance. But sometimes it's not working. Anyway, it is quarter to three in the morning. Let me tell you, what a day here in Israel. You know, these 40 days are for a purpose. It's about breaking through the barriers of the assignments of the enemy to see victory in Messiah. Hallelujah. And uh, it's been full-blown warfare here in the land of Israel for the good in Yeshua's name. Hallelujah. We're pulling down strongholds. Anyway, let's uh, take a moment to pray. And uh, then we're, we're going to be reading in Joshua chapter 5 and uh, just pressing into to this portion of Scripture and we'll see what the Holy Spirit does. Okay. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you, Father, for gathering us together in your presence. Thank you, Father, for your word, that your word is a lamp unto our feet. And and Father, we want to know your heart. We want to walk in your ways. We want to break the assignments of the enemy. We want to come against all of the schemes of the enemy. The enemy seeks to do three things, steal, kill, and destroy. So if you see any of those elements in your life, you know that that is what the enemy is seeking to do. But Father, we thank you that you bring life and life more abundantly. And we pray, Father, tonight, especially for the condition of the heart, Father, that you will uh, cover us in the blood of Yeshua and enable us to be effective in our ministry, effective in our callings, and effective in our walk. And we do not want to be disqualified uh, from the works that you have called us to do. We want, don't want to be disqualified from entering into the land. So we just lift this time up to you, Father, and I ask that you will bring forth revelation by your Spirit in just a simple way so the body can be edified and built up in the holy faith, in Yeshua's name. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Yeshua. Okay, so we've got Karen joining us as well. We've got Dara joining with us as well. Good to see you. Thanks for joining. We've got Jeff joining with us. Shalom, shalom. We've got Sharon as well in Tobago. Good to see you. Thanks for joining with us. All right, so let's press in. I hope you've been enjoying these uh, past few days. You know, what are we doing here? It's a mind... Uh, it's not a mind. It's a made-up mind. We have a made-up mind. Do you have a made-up mind? Are we getting into the cycle where we truly know that our mind is made up? 
so that we know that we're not going to be tossed to and fro by the storms of life. And and I want to take us out of the place of... um, how do I describe this? Um, let's think about how we put the words together on this. I want us to come out of the place where we are not uh, grinding through the walk of faith, but we are in the midst of no matter what comes before us, we experience the joy of Yehovah. And we've been going through all of the elements uh uh, you know, for the last 14 days of the encouragement of when the storms come, recognizing that these are the opportunities for the glory of Yehovah to be revealed. You know, uh, when Yeshua healed the blind man and they said, you know, what what was the reason for this man's sin? He was born blind. Was it the sins of his fathers uh, or his generations before? What, you know, why was he blind? And Yeshua says he was blind for this day, for my glory to be revealed. And, uh, you know, that really knocks on the head a lot of the teachings of if you've got a sickness, we always look at that sickness. And this is what was happening in the 90s. Uh, You know, if you've got a sickness, it must be because you've done something wrong or you're under a curse. And yes, you you can have uh, effects because of Uh, our rebellion and our walk. And I want to mention a couple of points on that. But, you know, you might have cancer not because of your bitterness and hatred and unforgiveness as, you know, you go through some of the manuals of deliverance and this is why I'm sick or, or you're sick because of these patterns. And then they tell you, but we don't follow patterns, but here are the patterns we see, and this is the reason why you're sick. Well, I don't I don't buy into any of that stuff. Yes, I recognize that, um, you know, we can experience the effects of our uh, sin, because if we are not choosing life, what are we choosing? We're choosing death. So we want to be continually choosing life, even in the midst of uh the events of uh attacks upon our life if that makes sense you know i i went through advanced stage liver disease and the reason why i had such a bad liver was because uh i took some of the highest levels of antihistamine i had allergies against everything i was on antihistamine for oh probably something like you know, 30 years, you know, when I lived in America, all that pollen in North Carolina, when it would all come pouring down in the spring, whew, that would get me going and I would have to get on all this histamine just so that I could function. By the time I moved to America, to Israel, um, I was allergic to uh, lemon, mangoes, olives, grass, you know, rapeseed or just everything. I was allergic to everything. And, you know, I remember when I went to the allergy doctor where he's doing all the tests, you know, on your arm, they do all the tests on both arms to to find out what are the key things you're allergic to. Well, my arms just exploded, both of them. I'm like, ah, you know, do something about this. You know, cool my arms down. They were on fire. And the guy's like, man, you're allergic to everything. You know, are you sure you're from this planet? <laughs> Is that what you're doing here? Well, anyway, my liver got so bad that um, I had to, uh, they were wanting to put me on a list. Or I saw this surgeon, they wanted to do a liver transplant. Um, and I made a decision, you know, that's not that's not where I'm heading. I am not having a liver transplant. And I asked the Holy Spirit 
for the answer and he showed me the way to do it naturally and that's what I share uh, with uh, our detox program and the things that we do you can see that on buildoserfaith.com we actually promote and supply kits so we can detox and get the poisons out of our body and get all the way back to the cellular level so that we can be healthy and I really believe it's important that we walk in health and sometimes we just get so busy we're not taking care of ourselves and we need to learn how to do that so we have the Gary Tunsky 21 day detox kits that we do and we encourage and help people and mentor people to do that program so if you're if you're feeling like you're all bunged up and you're not uh, uh you know healthy and not walking the way you want to walk in your health then i encourage you get hold of that uh detox plan and do that detox program because you know we've had hundreds of people do the program and thousands of people have um, uh, testified to how effective the gary tunsky program is so anyway, that's on buildoserfaith.com under product section. If you've got any questions on that, send me a message. I know Pete's uh, online now. He he and his wife have done the detox program. I think, Kern, you've done the detox program before. Uh, there's a few people on here who have done the detox. I do it about every eight months. I go through a whole program just to cleanse the body and to be refreshed. Hallelujah. So... Anyway, coming back to the book of Joshua, one of the things I've been enjoying about going through uh, a few of the chapters, you know, we've skipped things. You know, I'd love to go back and just start dealing with chapter two, and maybe we'll do that on another day because, you know, I've got one question. I don't know about you, but why do they keep calling Rahab the prostitute when the word... uh, the word for prostitute is very close to the word uh, innkeeper or whatever the translation is. I need to go back and look that up again. Um, so that that's quite interesting. And it's highly possible that this Rahab um, from the, the innkeeper from Jericho uh, was married to Boaz and is part of the lineage of Messiah. That's interesting. Maybe you didn't know that. But anyway, we don't know that as an actual fact um, but it kind of looks like that is that is the truth of the matter based on the timelines and everything. So, but what are we seeing through the examples of Joshua? We're seeing how the father is making sure that Joshua is respected by the nation of Israel, that he is accepted as the leader, that he has taken over from Moshe. And we see... We see many things that happen in the life of Moses is happening in the life of Joshua. One of the points, you know, if I'm going to preach on chapter 2, this is really going to blow up. But anyway, that doesn't matter. One of the points we see throughout this process of going in and taking the land, we see many things that happened to the Israelites, you know, the, the Passover And we're going to talk about the Passover in chapter 5. But something is interesting. The two spies that went in, uh, you know, uh, to spy the land in preparation for the battle. Did you notice Joshua didn't send 12? You know, because he learned from the first 12 spies that went in, it was only him, him and Caleb that came back with a good report. Amen? So he thought, why send 12? Well, I'm just going to send two in. Then I'm not going to have any problems here, you know? 
for people to deceive the people. So he sends two into the land. And what does he say to Rahab when she pleads and says, Rescue my family, have mercy on me. Your God is the true God. And, you know, we are all afraid and we don't want to be destroyed because we know how powerful your God is. Is Because we know the testimony of the crossing of the Red Sea and the destruction of Pharaoh and his army. Please have mercy on me and my household. And uh, the spy says, okay, we'll have mercy on you, but you have to put a scarlet uh, rope um, on your windows so that we identify where you are and you will not be destroyed. And, um, you know, that scarlet rope represents redemption. Um, And there's a bit of a teach. I think we're probably going to go back and actually teach on some of the the things in Joshua chapter 2. But anyway... You know, every time I read it about her being a prostitute, it kind of have, have a check in my spirit that maybe she wasn't a prostitute. Maybe she's an innkeeper. Um, so anyway, we'll come back to that and we can battle that out. And if you want to study that, maybe uh, just start doing some research on that. Do some word studies on that, on the word prostitute that's used in Joshua chapter 2. And let's come to our own conclusions. Or <laughs> You know, this is what I love about the word. It's delving in deep and trying to untangle all the commentaries, uh, you know, and just try and find the truth. What is the truth in the midst of this? All right, so we're going to read from chapter 5, and uh, we're going to start in verse 1. Now, when all the Amorite kings west of the Jordan um, and all the Canaanite kings along the coast heard how Yehovah had dried up the Jordan before the Israelites until we had crossed over. Their hearts melted and they no, no longer had courage to face the Israelites. Now, why? Because they are seeing the signs and wonders before. Well, they were already afraid. We see that earlier on in, in chapter 2 in Rahab's testimony. Everyone's talking about Uh, how the Israelites came through the Red Sea. That was 40 years ago. 40 years. They're still talking about it. You know, this is an incredible event that took place. But also, I'm not going to get ahead. We'll we'll see it in the text coming up. But what we see is their, their hearts were melted and they no longer had courage. You know, what What are your eyes looking at? You know, many times when you're in the midst of the battle and the times that we should have courage and we should be proclaiming the victory of Yahovah, we could quite easily slip into the discouragement. Why? Because we're not moved by what we see in front of us. Now, the world's moved by what they see in front of us, but we are not moved by what is seen, okay? We're moved by... The unseen. You know, what's the statement? Seeing is believing. Well, that's the world's mentality, but that's not the statement of people who walk by faith. Believing is seeing. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Hallelujah. So believing is seeing. That's how we are called to walk in the Spirit. Why? Because things are manifest in the heavenly realm first before they come into the natural realm. Realm, But the world, they're just looking at what's before them. So they see the Jordan. Man, I tell you, just think about this. The Jordan didn't just move, you know, 20 feet either side so that 
this could just be a little private event with the Israelites. No, it is 18 miles of dry. (laughs) You know, wait a second. Everyone's like, what is happening? All the way back to Adam. If that is not a testimony, I don't know what is. Pushing back, pushing back all of the sins, all the way back to Adam, because we are witnessing another mikvah in the crossing. So we're seeing things that happened in Moses, the crossing of the Red Sea. Now we're seeing with jo- with Joshua, the crossing of the Yarden, the Jordan. Hallelujah. Verse 2, at that time, Yehovah said to Joshua, make flint knives and circumcise the Israelites again. Oh, just when we thought we were having some words of encouragement. And here's Joshua going to make some flint knives. You know, all the Israelites are walking through. Hallelujah. Look at the blessings of Yehovah. We've come through. And then Joshua's like, all right, I'm making some flint knives. I'm getting some things ready. You know, we're going to circumcise all the males. <laughs> oh, all right. I don't want, I don't know if we should get excited or uh, start running. But where can we run? Why? Because the Jordan is closed. The water is closed behind us. You can't go back. See, as you start walking in the miracle, start walking, pressing forward, what's the Father going to do? He's going to bring supernatural alignment to the promises, to the covenants that he has given so that we see the victory in Messiah. So he makes the flint knives, uh, you know, and he's getting ready to circumcise the Israelites again. So Joshua made flint knives, verse 3, and circumcised the Israelites at uh, Gabeth, (laughs) Haroloth. Okay, now this is why he did so. All those who came out of Egypt... All men of military age died in the desert on the way after leaving Egypt. All the people that came out had been circumcised, but all the people born in the desert during the the journey from Egypt had not. The Israelites had moved about in the desert 40 years until all the men who were of military age when they left Egypt, died, since they had not obeyed Yehovah. For Yehovah had sworn to them that they would not see the land that he had solemnly promised their fathers to give us, um, a land flowing with milk and honey. So we, we look at what's happening here, and what we are seeing, we're seeing that... Uh, we're, we're moving in momentum. And Joshua is saying, I want you to get in line. We have crossed over. We are coming to the place where we're about to face the battle. So we need to make sure that everything is spiritually in line so that, you know, we are not going to come under the judgment. So they have, um, you know, it's like a, a covenant of faith. It's, it's a declaration of pressing through that is taking place here, which is the covenant that was made with Abraham. It was a covenant of faith, you know. What was done on the outward, on the body, was confirmation of what took place on the inside. That's why when you study circumcision, there is more to, to see in the Torah concerning the circumcision circumcision of the heart than there is in the circumcision of the flesh. So basically, they were in the wilderness 
And, you know, they had not been walking in the ways of Yahovah, and they were under judgment. And I want you to understand something here. Forty years they're under judgment, yet Yahovah is protecting them. Why? Because he's protecting them to raise up the next generation. So they're partaking of the manna. You know, you'd think 40 years. Why did they have to wait 40 years? Because they had to bring forth the next generation to take their place. They had to hand the baton over. You know, if not, you know, the father could have struck them all down with cancer and they all could have died. But Moses, he pleaded with Yahovah when Yahovah said, step aside because of what they did with the golden calf. You know, because of their rebellion, step aside, I'm going to wipe them all out. And Moshe says, you're not starting with me. You're going to have to sort out your own problems. <laughs> and, you know, you're going to have to work this out. Because if you kill all the Israelites because of their, uh, their, their, the death penalty that's upon their lives, because of the sin of the golden calf, what will all the nations think about you? So for 40 years... They received the provision of Yahovah, the pillar of cloud by day, the fire by night. They had to follow, they had to go through the process, they had to raise up the next generation, knowing <clears throat> that they were under a curse, that they were not permitted to enter into the land. So, you know, it's, it's pretty powerful when we look at this. So just because people are experiencing the blessings to a level it doesn't mean that, you know, they're in right standing with Yahovah. It might be that the Father is trying to invest in the next generation because of the sin. Okay, and I love what it says. It says, um, if we just go back a little bit to verse 6, the Israelites had moved about in the desert 40 years until all the men who were of military age uh, when they left Egypt had died since they had not obeyed Yahovah. For Yahovah had sworn to them that they would not see the land that he had solemnly promised to their uh, fathers. And that's in Exodus chapter 16. That's where we, we read that. And it's a land flowing of milk and honey. So he raised up their sons. So who raised up their sons? <laughs> so he raised up their sons in their place and these <laughs> and these were the ones Joshua circumcised they were still uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised on the way all right so it's all about the timing of Yahovah the preparation of Yahovah bringing his people uh, to the place of preparation for victory. So here, here's the thing. Just picture this. You're about to go into, into battle. You've just crossed over the Jordan. It's closed behind you. You can't go back. You can only go forward. And guess what? Just a couple of miles away, you've got the enemy is right there. And uh, Joshua's like, yeah, I'm just going to circumcise you all. <laughs> you know, what a time for the enemy to come out and destroy the whole army of Israel. You know, but that's not what they're thinking because they are seeing through the eyes of faith. They're recognizing that this is important. And, we, you know, we don't see in the pages of Scripture, we don't see complaints against the circumcision. And the circumcision that took place here is not like the circumcision that is done with modern-day Judaism where they cut off the whole foreskin. The circumcision that was done 
uh, in the times of the scriptures was just uh, taking a part of the foreskin off. It wasn't going all the way back to the whole of the foreskin, you know, like they do in Judaism. Why do they do that? Because they're just, oh, you know, I don't want to take a little bit. I'm going to take the whole lot off, you know. <laughs> because, you know, it's it, the, the whole purpose of why they do it in religion is what happens if I don't take enough off? What, you know, what happens if, you know, so they just try and deal with all of it. Anyway, another topic, another day. <laughs> okay. Where are we at? So Yahovah said to Joshua, verse 9, Today I have rolled away the approach of Egypt from you, so the place has been called Gilgal to this day. So basically, all of the, uh, um, all of the judgment that has come upon the children of Israel since Egypt we are now about to enter into the blessing. And I just want to proclaim that over our lives right now. We are pressing forward for what purpose? To enter into the blessings that Yehovah has for us. Not just individually, and that's important individually. Because I'm telling you, we can have personal revival and we should be having personal revival. Don't wait for a move to happen in the next city next to you or or fly off to, to some city in some other country because revival's been poured out. We have got to discover what it truly means to walk in personal revival. We should be experiencing revival individually as well. So, But, you know, we're not just talking about what we experience individually. We're also talking about what we experience as the people and as the assembly of Yehovah. So, anyway, the reproach of Egypt is now going to be distanced from you. Why? Because I'm waking up the entire world with a declaration that God is here and he will fulfill his promises. Hallelujah. And you look at the Canaanites. What, those Canaanites? Weren't we grasshoppers in their sights? Back at verse 1, their hearts are melted and they've lost their courage. Uh, you know, this is what we've got to understand. How much of the fight is to do with the mind over the physical? You know, you can have a, a highly skilled person in their mind at self-defense who is so skinny uh, and couldn't roll over a rock, you know, coming up against an untrained powerhouse. And that skinny, educated, and self-defense person is going to take them out and, and catch them off guard. And, you know, this is what we're saying. We're seeing here. This strong people, these prosperous people that are full of the pride of life, all of a sudden their hearts are melted. They've lost all their courage because of what God is doing. And we pray for Yehovah to move in this generation, at this time, in the nations, we pray over Israel. Father, move in such a way that you will melt the hearts of the enemies of your people. That we will walk in the victory of Yehovah in the land of Israel. That modern day Zionism will be broken in Yeshua's name. It's not just the enemy of what's on the outside, but it's the enemy within. A house divided against itself will surely fall. So we want to see unity in the house of Yehovah. Hallelujah. So their hearts were melted. They lost their courage. You know, 
and they lost their courage to do what? They're not going to fight the children of Yahovah. So we might be in the midst of the battle. We might be facing all sorts of crazy stuff. But let's, you know, let's remember that all we have to do is be the last man standing. I'm going to stand. So, devil, is that what you've got? Is that all you've got to throw at me? Well, I'm going to stand. I'm going to be standing longer than the the trial. I'm going to be standing longer than the storm. So when the storm is gone, I'm still going to be standing. Why? Because I am standing on the solid rock of Yahovah. Where are you standing? Are you on the rock of Yeshua? Are you standing on the rock of his promises? Hallelujah. So we're walking into a new day. Are you ready for the new day? Are you ready? I love what it says. Tomorrow, Yahovah's going to move that we read in chapter 1. Tomorrow, God's going to move. We're going to walk in. We're going to cross over the, the Jordan. We're coming in. And again, what what's, uh, what's the Father saying to Israel? He's saying, yeah, I took you through one blessing, but guess what? That's not it. It's not over. I'm going to take you through another blessing. And then I'm going to move you into another blessing. You know, and, and this is a build-up. And, and just as you see a build-up of the attacks of the enemy. You know, have you ever had one of those days where you wake up in the morning and you recognize that this is severe spiritual warfare? And the reason you know it's a major spiritual warfare is you don't have one event. You have multiple events. You know, one thing happens at... 7.45 in the morning, you're not even 15 minutes in and bang, the next thing's happening. By the time you get to 9.30 in the morning and, you know, you've missed breakfast, you've, <laughs> you're all over the place I and mean, you can't even get a proper coffee because you're, you're fighting all these fires all over the place. You recognize this is a serious spiritual attack. But we also have that in the areas of blessings. You know, we go from one blessing as the Father is bringing us out. Man, he is bringing us out with the authority of the Ruach HaKodesh, his Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the name of Yeshua. We are pressing forward. Uh, verse 10. On the evening of the 14th day of the month, while camped at Gilgal on the plains of Jericho, the Israelites celebrated Passover. And, you know, that's the reason why I had to get them circumcised as well, because they're about to celebrate Passover. And this is vitally important. Why? We are recognizing that the deliverance that took place from Egypt, stay within your home, <laughs> Passover. Don't you remember uh, Rahab? Stay in your house, the spy said. If you stay in your house, don't go out your house. Any of your family that goes out of the house, see, I'm preaching chapter 2 already, look. Anyone who leaves the house, you know, I, they will not be under the protection of Yahovah. Just as the deaf angel, when the deaf angel came over uh, the whole of Egypt, right? If you didn't have the blood on the doorposts of your heart, the scarlet thread, hanging on your house, which represents the blood over the doorposts of uh, their homes, the protection. If you step out of your home, you're not going to be protected. You have got to be protected by the blood of Yeshua. Yeshua is our Passover lamb. Hallelujah. So what's the setup that's taking place here? What's the setup? We are going from salvation through the wilderness to have a change of mind to identify will you truly follow me look you don't have to 
You don't have to walk with Yehovah. You can choose to walk away. You've got your own free will. The Father has created you to walk in the way that you choose. Now, you can. You have to choose to yield your life to Yehovah. But that's your choice. That's your worship. Hallelujah. That's your privilege. <laughs> what, what a privilege it is to... Uh, to yield to an incredible king. Oh, man, I tell you what. Hallelujah. So they're entering into the Passover. The day after the Passover, that very day, they ate some of the produce of the land, unleavened bread and the roasted grain. The manna stopped the day after they ate this food from the land. There was no longer any manna for for the Israelites, but that year they ate of the produce of Canaan. And that's what we see in verse 6. It says, well, I told them, you're going to enter into the land flowing of milk and honey. If you look at the land today, it's milk, honey, and chicken. <laughs> that's all you can find around this place. Um, but, you know, so this is what we're witnessing. We're witnessing that the man that the the manna stops because they are tasting and they are partaking in the land. So they haven't conquered the enemy yet, but guess what? Where you put your foot, that's the land I am going to give you. Where you put your foot. You step as priests into the water, the waters are going to part and you are coming through. Through that mikvah, you're standing on the other side. Now we're going through. Now we're going through uh, the 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 process of identifying in the natural what's happening in the spirit. So we are establishing what's happening in the spirit. The Father says, "These are the words I've spoke out. This is how I want you to walk. If you do these things, if you fulfill these things, if you follow the feast, if you honor me because of what I did in Egypt." And that's what Passover is all about. There they are all sitting around, going through Passover, praising Yahovah, remembering what he had done. <laughs> They'll no longer talk about the first Exodus. Can you imagine what it must have been like walking through the Jordan on dry ground and just the excitement of knowing that God is for you? Talk about a, a, a courageous building time within your life. Receive the courage of Yehovah today. As we go through these 40 days, you know, we don't have to wait till day 40 and then, oh, pop. Now now the glory of Yehovah is revealed. No, I'm expecting the glory of Yehovah in an ongoing basis. Hasatan, I'm coming against your assignments in my life. I'm coming against the assignments of what you're doing against our ministry. I'm coming against the resistance of the enemy of our stand in the land of Israel. No, we are going to go from glory to glory. And, and what's your stand? You know, what's your stand? Come on. You start applying this to your life because you are Israel. We are Israel. We are part of the promise of Yehovah. Hallelujah. So the manna ended and no one complained. Oh, give me manna. You know, what? what is manna? The word manna. <laughs> what, what does it mean? It means, what is this? That's what manna, you know, what is this? You know, they didn't even give it a proper name. You know, they didn't they didn't call it chili con can or something. Uh, you know, 
They didn't give it a name. For 40 years, it's just like, oh, what are we eating today? Oh, we got some more of that what is this stuff. Uh, so, you know, we're not going to get that excited about it. So here they got to taste of the produce of the land. <laughs> and the father knew that once you partook of that food, you're never going to go back. <laughs> You know, I never forget Hannah when she was a baby. You know, used to it was all that liquidized food we used to spoon feed her. And then when she got to taste some of that solid food and you entered into the food that we ate over the baby food stuff, all of a sudden her little eyes were pop. It's like, you think I'm going back to that uh, 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 um, baby food again? No, 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 no. I'm going to partake of this. This is better food. And what's the father saying? He wants to bring us into the place where we are receiving the blessing and the fruitfulness of truly being in the promised land, walking in his ways. And we can experience that no matter where we go because we are the temple of the Most High God. He is dwelling within us. It's not about what mountain do you worship on. You will worship in spirit and truth and you can worship in spirit and truth no matter where you are in the nations of Yehovah. Hallelujah. So verse 13, now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a, a drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went up to him and says, are you, are you for us or are you for our enemies? You know, so Joshua, you know, he's thinking, I wonder what this guy's up to, but I'm just going to check what side he is on, you know, see where we stand. He said, neither, he replied, but as commander of the army of Yehovah, I have now come. And then Joshua fell face down on the ground in reverence and asked him, what message does my Lord have for his servant? <laughs> you know, th look, this is incredible. I I'm going to read just a couple of verses on here because this is amazing. Uh, what happens in verse 15? The commander of Yehovah's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Have you got the picture yet? Do we see the picture? There's Moshe. He's he's 40 years, okay? You know, he, he makes mistakes. He murders. He runs from Egypt. He He's out on the backside of the desert for how long? 40 years because of his sin, you know? But he, what is he doing? He's running away from God. He's running away from the plans of God for his life. Um, he's lost his confidence. He's he's sinned and, he, you know, he's done things that are wrong and Pharaoh is going to want to kill him. So for 40 years, he's out there looking after those dumb sheep. And then the burning bush. And who who is in the burning bush? It's the Mashiach. It's the Messiah in the burning bush. Take off your shoes for the place where you are standing is holy ground. And now we see Yeshua not as the burning bush, but now we see him as the commander of the army of Yehovah. Hallelujah. What does he say? You want to understand who I am? You want to understand that the, the, the God who is with Moshe is the God who is with you? Then take off your shoes because the place where you are standing is holy ground. Wow. Hallelujah. So, you know, this is what I love about this 
portion of scripture that we just see what is taking place between Moses and Joshua. So Moses, he was 40 years because of his sin. The children of Israel, they come out, they are in doubt and unbelief, just as Moses was. He paid that 40 years, and now they paid that 40 years. And then when Yahovah came and rescues Moshe, you know, he says, I have called you. I haven't got plan B. I have called you to deliver my people. You are the deliverer of the deliverers. Hallelujah. So you go to Pharaoh and you say, let my people go. Why? Because God is bringing his people out of darkness into the light. You are called out of darkness into the light. So if you're walking in the light and you're tied down with all this baggage, what do we have to do to be free? It's not about the 25 steps to counseling. It's just about you having the realization that you are free. You know, if you've got a dog tied to a tree for uh, four years, you, you could take the the leash off that dog from that chain to the tree and it's probably just going to stay there because it doesn't know how far it can go because it's gone through the pain of trying to go further. So what we've got to do in the midst of our deliverance, like I said, you can be born again, filled with the Spirit and still be walking in bondage. Why? Because you're not totally free when you're in the wilderness, you've got to go through the wilderness where the test is what? Will you really serve me? Do you really love me? Uh, is this your choice to walk in my ways? These are the things that we go through in the tests and the trials in the wilderness. Will you simply believe? And the other day we talked about faith. It's not about trying to grow and build up and, and maximize your faith. No, faith is very simple. In the presence of faith, if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, <laughs> which is not very big at all, you can say to this mountain, go throw yourself in the sea. So how do we measure faith? Just belief. I believe and I will walk by faith. And, you know, in the presence of faith, you will see the victory. Oh, that's setting someone free right now. That's what you've got to have. And then we've got to come through the mikvah, another mikvah, as we enter into the promised land. And this is where we truly walk into the freedom. And you no longer need the manna. <laughs> you don't need those things. Why? You are walking into the blessings of Yahovah. But there's an enemy in there, and we have to take him out. So there's still a little bit of a journey that has to take place. But I rejoice over this chapter because I see so many great things in here to bring blessing into my life. They are eating of the produce of Canaan. Let me tell you something. They didn't go to the market uh, of the Canaanites and, and say, oh, you know, can I buy some of your food? Now, they walked in and they just went to the fields and they started to reap the harvest that was right before them. In what land? The land of milk and honey. Hallelujah. It's their possession because the sins and the evil had risen to the highest point and that was the order now i will raise up my people to come in and cleanse the land so don't be afraid when wickedness gets even more wicked don't be afraid if we don't you know if the time of uh, how do i describe you know even with what's happening in the u.s elections you know 
we we still don't know the results we don't have the results we don't know and you know many people have an expectation that donald trump is going to stay in but what what would happen just what would happen if that doesn't happen what happens if if donald trump doesn't uh override you know maybe we're going to civil war maybe different things will happen maybe the courts will vote in his favor i do believe we've got a lot of um uh theft going on uh you know the the elections you know can we truly trust all the votes are correct no of course we can't and we and we should be able to in a democracy that's meant to be walking in truth you know but what what i'm saying is i'm saying what happens if evil gets even thicker and even thicker it's not a place for us to be discouraged and think that we can't survive past this moment it's a place where we say, you know what, if it's going to get darker, then if this is what the Father's doing, he's bringing us into even more darkness, then I am going to stand to bring even more light. I am going to stand because in the place of darkness, how much sin was in the land of Canaan and the Amalekites? It was huge. It had come to its fullness. And what are they talking about? They're talking about the children of Israel coming out of Egypt and now they are so freaked out. Why? Because everybody is talking about the Israelites crossing the Jordan. And it's, it's to such a level that their hearts are melting. They have no courage to face the Israelites because of the God of the Israelites. And that's the God we serve. So, you know, don't be embarrassed about your circumstances and the place where you stand in the midst of the attack. Set up for a memorial of the blessings of Yahovah. I can't wait to get the 12 stones and put them uh, in a pile as we rejoice after these 40 days because of the goodness of Yahovah and what he has continually done through this period. Oh, I'm excited. I'm blessed. And I'm encouraged. And I hope you're blessed and encouraged too. And, you know, just take hold of this word. Meditate on portions of this word. And just, you know, keep going backwards and forwards to look at what happened uh, with Moses and the covenant with Israel at Mount Sinai and Joshua uh, and Exodus chapter 20. And look at what's happening in the life of Joshua as he is bringing the people in. And what's the Father doing? He's refreshing their minds. I've got to renew. You've got to renew your mind. That's what he's doing. Everything he's saying, renew your mind, renew your mind. And then you're going to get the instructions in chapter 6, which we'll go on to later, where we start dealing with the preparation of how are we going to have victory over Jericho? How are we going to do it? You know, and, and it's not by military. It's not by all the things that you think. You're going to receive instructions that are going to look like nothing that you could ever imagine could bring forth the victory. And that's what the Father's going to use to bring the victory. So that's something we're going to go into tomorrow. So I hope you've been blessed and encouraged with the word today from Joshua chapter 5. Just uh, simply going through the scriptures here today in this portion. Um, but, you know, get ready. Are you ready? Are you courageous? In Messiah, are you going to stand? Are you going to make a pledge before Yahovah? You know what? I'm going to live for you, Yahovah, no matter what I face. The the words that will come out.
which is in line with the word. We proclaim the victory in Messiah. And if you're having a hard time and you feel like all you've been doing is going through the grinding, the grinding, but you haven't had joy in the midst of it, then, you know, stop using religion to bring forth your deliverance. Because religion's got to get you into the counseling room and start going through all these steps. And, you know, what, what, how does the kingdom function? In relationship, the kingdom functions. Yeshua spoke the word and it happened. Receive your healing in Yeshua's name. Receive your deliverance in Yeshua's name and walk in the freedom. So we've got to get through the wilderness. And it should have taken 40 days to change their mindset and get them prepared. You know, look at all these self-help books. What do they say? It takes 21 days to create a habit. You know, but, you know, it's not just about the 21 days. It's what happens after the 21 days. So as we're looking at these 40 days, what's the Father going to do in our lives in these 40 days? Well, get ready. Get ready. Why don't you inquire of Yehovah? Maybe the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about what he is going to do in your life in these 40 days. You know, because I'm expecting as a ministry that we move into a whole new dimension. Because our ministry isn't functioned based on our abilities. It's functioned based on the calling of Yehovah. We are appointed. We are on time. We are in place. And we are going to see the victory. And salvation will come to the not yet saved in the land of Israel because of what the Father is going to do. So we proclaim blessing for the purpose of what? To take the gospel of the kingdom to this generation. It's not blessing so we can sit back and be wealthy. No, it's, it's having the resources to make an impact for the kingdom. If you give up houses for me, if you, whatever you give up for me, the Father says, or Yeshua says, I will, I will bless you back in this lifetime, <laughs> not just in the lifetime to come. You will receive blessings back in this, this lifetime because of your sacrifice. So let's pay the price. Let's press in. Let's expect the victory. And if you're sitting in a place where you are blessed, and that's great, I want to ask you, what are you interceding for concerning the kingdom? Let's be focused together on that. If you feel like you're in a place of attack and you can't break through, then I, I want to encourage you. This is the time of your deliverance. This is the time where the Father's going to reset your mind and bring you into victory. And the power of a mighty God is going to manifest within our walk. Why? What's, what's the Father looking for? He's, he's looking around for faith. Is there any faith on the earth? Does there any, is there anyone that actually believes Oh, when he finds someone of faith, someone who believes, someone who is passionate about walking in the ways of a mighty God, he's going to start uh, lifting uh, you up and blessing you as an example to the nations. Why? Hey, guys, this is how I want you to live. In the midst of the storm, you've got joy. In the midst of whatever you're facing, you're giving glory to Yahovah. You're seeing signs, wonders, miracles. You hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. This is exactly what all of mankind is looking for. They're looking for a connection with their Creator. That's why they're in Buddhism. That's why they're in Hinduism. They're trying to find themselves. They're trying to find the answer. And, you know, they've got all different ways 
of expressing it, but we are all created to worship. The question is, what are you worshipping? Worship the Lord thy God and serve him only. The commander of the Lord's army replies, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. Oh, enter into holy moments where we take off our shoes and we say, You know, Father, I recognize that you are here. And he is here right now. He is present to heal. He's present to deliver. He's present to set you free. So what are you going through right now? He is here. Just receive the answer to the promises of Yahovah over your life today. For the Lachance family, we pray for their, their daughter right now in hospital with leukemia. We curse this leukemia in Yeshua's name. And we proclaim supernatural deliverance over Avery right now. We say you are healed in Yeshua's name. By his stripes you are healed. We bless the Lachance family. And we, we stand with them for the victory in Yeshua. So we call that victory forth in Yeshua's name. Thank you, Father. If you're sick in your body, I just want you to place your hand on the part of your body where you're sick because we're going to intercede for healing right now. I just sense that that's what the Father's saying he's going to do. Just place your hand on the part of the body where you're sick. Father, in the name of Yeshua, we come against all forms of sickness. We say to tumors, you shrivel up and die. Cancers, go in Yeshua's name. Headaches, go in Yeshua's name. Broken bones, be restored right now in Yeshua's name. Someone has got a hairline fracture in their foot and you're being healed right now in Yeshua's name. Receive your healing now in Yeshua's name. Father, we pray over eyesight and I pray over my eyes right now. I speak supernatural healing over my eyes in Yeshua's name that I will not have to wear glasses and, and we just pray over everyone else's uh, having their eyes go in the wrong direction. We speak sight in Yeshua's name. Supernatural healing. Give us eyes to see in the spirit, but give us eyes to see in the natural as well. Give us ears to hear and hearts that understand. Hallelujah. So we rejoice. We rejoice in the victory of what you are doing, Father. We thank you that you are moving amongst us. And Father, for those who genuinely need deliverance because... They are seeking deliverance through religion. I ask you, Father, that you set them free right now, that they will experience the fullness of your freedom and they'll never walk back again. They won't have to go through 75 steps to get back to Noah for their personal healing. But, Father, you will set them free right now. We ask all this in your precious Son's name, Yeshua HaMashiach. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, thanks for joining with us today. Uh, what a blessing it is to fellowship together. I hope this word has encouraged you. Share testimonies with me uh, by writing to Kenny at bulldozerfaith.com. If the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, if he's given you a word, if, you know, uh, and listen, I'm going through the emails. Thank you to every single one of you who are writing telling me what the Father is doing in your life through these 40 days. I don't care how long you write, so don't be embarrassed if you're writing a whole bunch of stuff down because it's important that we proclaim the testimony 
and you know and the prayer requests and the things that we are standing on to see victory get it out write it down if that's how you need to do it send it in and we will continually pray over your requests and we will rejoice over your testimonies as well as we go through these 40 days if you're blessed and encouraged with the ministry and you want to support the ministry, <clears throat> you can do that. Bulldozerfaith.com forward slash give. And you see the link in the description on YouTube as well as on uh, social media channels. And I just encourage you, <clears throat> stand with us. We only have uh, seven days. Uh, we have seven days. Yeah, seven, eight days where we have uh, got huge financial mountains that have to be destroyed. And today we just start to see the floodgates really open up to bring in provision. And, uh, you know, just pray that the provision of Yahovah will continually flow at a high rate so that every single um, uh, payment that needs to be paid bills that need to be paid will be totally met we are not walking into next year in debt we're going to be debt free in this ministry through the end of this year and everything that is regarding our legal and the things that's happening in the courts in jerusalem that the father will undertake for all costs and get these things dealt with so that we uh, will not be affected on how we function in the land of Israel. Hallelujah. So I appreciate you standing and praying for us. And if you do give, look, I'm not telling you got to keep giving, giving, giving. No, if you give, thank you for giving. If you don't have the resources to give, pray. Why? Because our source is Yehovah. He is our provider. If he leads you to plant a special seed, then you follow the obedience of Yehovah. We are confident that the Father will bring us through. We are not going to shrink back but see the victory of Yehovah. And we are standing praying for you guys as well in the situations that you are facing. Oh, I'm rejoicing. I can't wait. <laughs> I'm blessed by just seeing what the Father <coughs> has done today because we saw that spirit of delay hitting us. And then we saw an opening of the windows of heaven came in about two, three o'clock this afternoon, and it was amazing. I'll share more about that on another day, but I just want to encourage you. We are already seeing the blessings of Yehovah. We're seeing God move. <sighs> Praise the name of Yeshua. He is worthy. So thanks for watching. Look forward to seeing you all tomorrow. And, uh, you know, we're coming up to Hanukkah this week, and we're going to be sharing on Hanukkah as well as uh, we're coming into, uh, uh, what date is it? I can't remember if it's Thursday. I think it's Thursday. Uh, Hanukkah begins. So in, in the lead up to Hanukkah, we're going to share a little bit on that and the importance of Hanukkah. And, you know, it's not a biblical feast, but is it something we can rejoice over and see the victory of Yehovah? Yes, because what are we doing? We're pressing in. And here we've got right in the midst of the press, and then we've got Hanukkah. Hallelujah. You know, what's the enemy trying to do? Oh, I'm going to defile the temple. I'm going to put my name <laughs> above the Israelites, and I'm going to oppress you and press you down. <laughs> no, 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 I don't think so. Here comes that uh, Maccabite spirit, and you watch what's going to happen. We're going to see the overturn of the plans of the enemy, the, the, the attacks of the enemy, and the victory of a mighty God. 
Hallelujah. Look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Until tomorrow, shalom, shalom. Hallelujah.